Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Tell Us What's in the Box. What is in the box? Man. A dusty box in the basement. It, it's a dusty box in the basement, and it and a phone is ringing, and there are serial killers, and and uh, you know, changing the past. Um, we are going to be talking about. I'm Danny, by the way. I'm, I'm Joanna. Joanna. Hi. We always forget to introduce ourselves. We figure y'all know us by now. We're not important. <laughs> <laughs> Today, um, we are going to be talking about The Call. The Call is a 2020 South Korean uh, film directed by Lee Chung-hyun, starring Park Shin-hee and Jeon Jong-seo. I probably, if there's any South Koreans watching, I apologize. I did my best. We did probably better than I get, although I'm just bad with names in general. So. <laughs> yeah. So uh, first of all, let's just get an initial impression, uh, initial response to this movie. Holy fucking shit. I loved it. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice, nice. I, I really enjoyed it, too. I, I really enjoyed it, too. Um, you know, the premise was really simple. Um, you know, like a call between future and past, which, you know, many like even dramas and romances and other genres have like played with that concept of like being able to reach to the past through the phone. Um, Stephen uh, King even had a story that was like a script in a Nightmares and Dreamscapes that was called Sorry Right Number. Um, that was like the premise of, you know, this woman getting a phone call. And uh, trying to figure out who it was from. And it was actually from her future self and, and all that. So it's been a concept that's been played with before. Um, but uh, I loved the, the kind of new twist they put on it. Yeah. Um, so, so that really did well. And I thought the, the acting was really good. Yeah, <laughs> really acting. good phenomenal like very few things yeah. if at all that I was just like ah, I don't know about that but like you I totally agree like calling from the past talking to the past I mean first movie that came to my mind was like oh like frequency like mm-hmm. where what's his face is talking to um his dad in the same house in yeah. the past right um same concept, totally different story. And I love the fact that this, like most horror films, American films that take this, this concept, you can usually tell where it's going. This, I could not, I was just on my seat from the beginning to end of what seemed like a nice friendship even though it was a very strange friendship between um, our protagonist <laughs> and the antagonist. And they, you know, they've met before in the past. Um, they live in the same house out in the countryside um, mm-hmm. that have two very different lives come from two very different families and through some crazy, I don't know, they don't want to say demonic because they don't feel they don't demonic. really they don't really yeah. explain the the why 
they can they can reach each other through the phone. And you know what? I'm okay with that. Oh yeah. I mean, sometimes you sometimes it just is. <laughs> you know, yeah. this thing happened. We're not going to try to explain it. They can talk to each other 20 years apart on yeah. the phone. And and they don't try to explain it. Um, you know, I had brought Stephen King into it before, but he does that a lot where these things happen and, you know, mm. it, it's not about how it happens. It's about how it gets dealt with. And, um, and so they use that here. And I thought that was just fine. I mean, yeah. You know, if you're going to try to just, uh, you know, uh, justify or explain why the phones work the way they do, it just would, uh, I think just diminish it because that wasn't the point of the movie. You have no. to sit there and think, what is the point of the movie? The point is, um, you know, the, the relationship there. And, yeah. I, and I think to a lesser extent, it was changing the past. You yeah. know, it was, it was. For both yeah. of them. Yeah. Um, say, okay. I am going to do my best to pronounce the main characters names. So say, say, you, yeah. Um, she is the protagonist of the story. Um, we open with her going back to her childhood home and moving in. Uh, we learn that her dad passed away in 1999. Her mom is now in the hospital. Um, they don't really say what, what she's doing there. Um, I assumed cancer just yeah. because she, she we get had hints of the cancer. Yeah. yeah. Hints, hints of cancer. Um, and mother daughter relationship is not good. Um, you know, daughter blames mom for dad's death because she, you know, left a pot on the stove and uh-huh. it's a gas stove. Um, uh, Oh, the, protagonist or I'm sorry the antagonist is also the killer of this story um oh young Suk, I think mm-hmm. okay um uh she lives in the house with her stepmother slash auntie mm-hmm. and auntie is this uh, crazy kind of like shaman that they call her they uh, she believes that her niece is possessed keeps her locked in the house etc cetera, etc cetera. Mm-hmm. um so when these two women who are the same who are coincidentally exactly the same age when they start talking through the telephone mm-hmm. um they realize that this is what's going on so they start trying to change change the past for the other person mm-hmm. um but of course when you mess with the space-time continuum nothing ever goes right so yeah anywho <laughs> yeah yeah it, it, exactly exactly um you know i I mean, you can understand, you know, why um, Seyun wanted to, like, save her dad. I mean, that's understandable. Um, You know, I mean, if you you had the opportunity, you know, why wouldn't you? But, you know, once it happened and then, um, you know, I think... If I remember correctly, Oh Young Sook, uh, you know, felt like she was being ignored now that she got what she wanted and stuff like that. Since since uh, Sion had gotten what she wanted, yeah. Um, 
So, you know, and, and then of course, you know, Oyonsuk is is not all there um, and yeah. has issues. <laughs> and and so, and actually I was surprised. I should have thought of, you know, because I first thought, well, just ignore the phone, you know, like, why are you picking up and stuff like that? But at that point they had already figured out what was going on. So when she got ignored, uh, oh, young, so just went and changed, you know, just went and killed some, you know, like, yeah, killed it to get her attention, to get her to answer the phone, um, then yeah. change the past. So, um, then I was like, oh, shit, yeah, that would work, <laughs> you know, because then you want to answer the, yeah, whoops, then you want to yeah. answer the phone. Yeah. That is such a terrifying, like, vulnerable position to be in, like, this magical connection to the past but you ignore that person. How do you know they're not going to do something that's going to fuck with your life? Especially yeah. now that you have not just your dad back, but your mom, you know, whereas before the two women, like they had nobody but each other. Right. And it seemed mm-hmm. like they were forming a very nice friendship, mm-hmm. but as soon as, uh, Oh, Oh, Young Suk, was like, hey, I'm gonna try to bring bring your dad back. I'm like, that's a bad idea. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Know? And then, um, so yeah, I mean, they they were talking, and um, Seun was like just by herself with her sick mom, and Oh Young Suk was there by herself with her like shaman mother, uh, or auntie, or or you know, adult figure, yeah. and um, so they were both pretty miserable. So you can see why both of them would want to, you know, do things differently. And, um, and uh, it, it ends up biting them both. Yeah. You know, well, well, I'll get to that. Um, <laughs> yeah. So first, you know, Oyoung goes and saves his dad. And then um, Seyun warns her that, because she reads like the papers and looks into the history and stuff like that. Um, finds out that her aunt kills Oh Young Suk, so warns her so she can get away. So then the future changes again. And that's when the major, the 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 twist, the fresh perspective on it uh that I appreciated comes to light because then Oh Young Suk becomes a serial killer. Yeah. She's She's killing people. Yep. And yeah. Starts starts with her aunt, which I think was totally deserved. Yes. <laughs> but then it's like, oh dear. What did you let out of the box? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so you're just seeing like <laughs> these people disappear from the town and stuff like that. Yeah. And and uh, and and uh one thing that I, that I really, I thought was really interesting that they did. There's such a tendency or, or a pull to make a serial killer, like just, just evil, just yeah. not feeling anything, just, oh, I want to kill people, blah, 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 yeah. blah, you know, blah, 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 blah. I'm going to kill people. I'm killing, I'm evil. I'm, I'm a serial killer. Right. There's a moment where they're talking on the phone. So you now knows what's going on and um, says, you know, she's going to try to stop her. Mm-hmm. And Oyoung Suk starts like crying and saying, you know, you don't understand. It's the only time I feel alive. Like, 
begging her almost to help mm-hmm. her like keep killing and stuff. Damn. Yeah. Which is a really interesting take for me, uh, which was really interesting to see that it wasn't like anger or just, um, you know, just psychopathy, you know, or, you know, whatever, or pleasure or anything that was sort of pleasure, but a pleasure in the sense that she wanted to feel something. And that was like the only way she could feel something and she didn't want it taken away. Which is really creepy, but really an interesting little take on it. I thought fitting with her character too, and everything that her character has like gone through as well mm-hmm. i mean um early on in the film uh young young sook they basically you know say you know like you don't want to end up like your mom which sets this precedence of like okay so she's m- maybe inherited some mental illness from from her mother you know you know you don't really know kind of how that relationship was before the film actually starts um but you feel for her like I think when women are written as killers like I which we don't see very often and throughout the film I kept getting you know like little like there were some similarities between how they made her character very empathetic in the call and compared to like, let's say monster, you know, about Eileen Warnos and her whole entire story. I mean, obviously don't go around like killing people. Right. But when it's a woman who is a serial killer, like there's an actual like tangible reason behind all of those emotions and anger and uh, and everything else. And the relationship that Young Sook has with her stepmom, aunt, um, it's I find I found it was a very extreme like representation of of like familial culture or cultural relationships between children and their parents especially Mm -hmm. daughters and their mothers um I I am not of Asian descent I do not hail from South South Korea um I could only relate to my experiences kind of growing yeah. up with a Italian mother and an Italian grandmother and the pressure that gets put on like the younger women in the family, especially being like the eldest, you know, like woman mm-hmm. and just a lot of those um, demands, um, you know, having the phone like taken away, being locked in your room and things and things like that. Um, never had, you know, an abusive sit- situation with my mother, but there was still, man, like her aunt just is this overbearing presence in her life. And mm-hmm. it kind of makes you wonder like, okay, maybe she is mentally ill, but do you think that maybe the shaman aunt isn't really helping that? <laughs> it's like, <Right. laughs> 
<laughs> right, right. So, yeah. yeah. It's not. And if you heard me clacking uh, a little earlier, I was looking at the director to see mm. if it was a woman director, but they're using um, he pronouns for this director. He actually okay. kind of looks like he should be in a K-pop band. Oh, nice. <laughs> very, very, uh, very young. Uh, well, not extremely. We're 1990, so I said very young, but he's 32, oh, okay. <laughs> um, which isn't very old, um, uh, you know, and he was the director. And uh, yeah, um, I was just curious. But, you know, I thought the directing was very well done, cutting between the the past and the present and um, the scenes where the major changes happened and watching oh. kind of the world fall away and, and change and like mm-hmm. her appearance changed, what she was wearing was changing, you know, all that In real time. Yeah. Like a lot of, um, like a lot of like American movies when they deal with this kind of like changing the past, messing with the space time continuum, you don't see the change in real time it's oh the character wakes up and it's like there you know yeah. i don't know if it's lack of creativity or budget reasons or whatever but just being able to not only see a change in real time but see the character's reaction to it changing like yeah. i feel like that just hit like it drove the point home so much harder for say say yun and yeah. young young sook in the sense that like no like your lives are have definitely changed yeah yeah it was very interesting and and with a movie like this um they heavily i mean they had the two actresses so they heavily relied on them to like bring bring the the you know what whatever was happening to life and their reactions to it and stuff like that and like i said because, I mean, there were other characters, obviously, but they didn't say too much. And they were very obviously, you know, kind of background to mm-hmm. the two women. So he, you know, they really needed to have strong, strong actresses, strong mm-hmm. actors for that. And I think they they found them. So, yeah, it was really cool watching the reaction to stuff changing, you know, watching the notebook change and watching um, um, like the one part where she had changed something which changed the notes that the cop had. So she was watching the notes of like what time he did stuff. Like as she's reading it, she's watching like the notes, like seven 22, I knocked on the door, you know, you know, I did this and she's like watching it, you know, and can't do anything about it. You know, that's such a mind fuck too. Yeah. Like, and it's not like these characters don't, or at least the character in the future, like she still has all of her memories of how the past used to be. Mm. So to have to deal with like this new reality as like great as it is, like, how do you navigate that? Especially right. when you have a serial killer in the past and the only way that you're communicating is through the phone, which to go back to your point about the actresses, like creating that relationship without being in the same room yeah like I don't know how they set up that process or how they like rehearse scenes or whatever but the way that we see it in the film they those characters establish a relationship just over the phone Mm -hmm. 
which maybe for us isn't so weird because we talk to people online all the time. We're recording this like through, through a zoom. Right. And that's one of the things that they talk about in the movie. it's like, Oh yeah, you can, you know, like there's video calls and young, young Sook is like, what? So that was like a nice little heartfelt moment between them, like sharing the progression of technology. Yeah. In 20 years. Cause, um, the past she's in 1999 and then, um, uh, then it's 2019. So 1999 yeah. and 2019. So, um, yeah, that was <laughs> a trip on its own. And it made me sit, sit there and watch like, oh my God, I remember all this stuff. And it made me have this sort of like this little connection to that era in the past. And I thought it was, you know, like very, very well done. Yeah, yeah, it was really, it was really interesting and really, really cool. Um, so what do you think? I mean, I think, I think the, you know, I'm trying to like wrestle with the the themes of of the movie. So you know, of course, we have changing the past. You yeah. know, like if you start going and messing around with the past, you never know what you're going to change. Because oh 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 Sook's future changed three times. Yeah. In the course of the movie, at first she was killed by her aunt or whatever, mm-hmm. right? So died, no serial killer, no nothing. Her aunt killed her, and I think the aunt killed herself too, um, mm-hmm. or whatever. Um, so that happened. Okay, that gets prevented, right? Mm-hmm. So then. She gets caught. She gets arrested. She gets caught as a serial killer and gets arrested. That was the second future, you know? Yeah. And the third um, is, did you know there was a mid-scene credits scene? Did I miss did you, that? Did you see that? Yeah. Did I, did I look away at like? <laughs> yeah. There was a mid credit scene where you see like the older Oh, young Sook go down to the basement and whip off like there's somebody in it tied up in a chair and she whips it off and it's Seyun. Like, like she doesn't get caught. She's continuing to do her thing. Yeah. The implication is she's she's gonna kill Seyun now and then you know be free of her and whatnot and everything. So yeah. this is actually one of those movies that doesn't end with like the final girl being victorious or anything like that. And so I think it's a, it's a cautionary tale. It's a cautionary tale in a way about trying to change the way things happened because you don't know what's that going to affect in the future for good or bad, Yeah, you know, for good or bad. You know, I mean, because even once she she saved, you know, um, Oyeon Suk from being killed by her aunt, then she still had even before the end where she prevented her from getting arrested or she ended up being prevented from getting arrested. Um, you know, several people had died before she got caught. So it's yeah. like it's like even though you're kind of getting something good out of it, you know, you don't know what sort of. Um, you know, implication or anything that that might have, you know, like it's, you just don't know, you you don't know. And, you know, it's like every time travel thing you see, you know, don't mess with the timeline. Just don't, 
just don't. I mean, best, <laughs> best, best, and most classic example, Back to the Future 2. Yes. I mean, Biff takes the sports almanac, goes back to 1955, gives it to, to himself and is like, this has the record of everything. So just, you know, bet and you're going to win. And as Doc Brown explained, oh, this caused a riff in the space-time continuum and it skewed that way. And he has a whole chalkboard and he's just like, yank. Then he's yeah. like, well, we got to go back to 1955 and kind of prevent this from happening. Well, this movie, you don't have a magic time machine. Yeah. Like you have the past and the present moving at yeah. a parallel pace. And yeah. You know, time is moving in simultaneously. Yeah. yeah so, but yeah, that, oh, that mid scene credit thing, that totally makes sense because, oh, oh, Young Sook would have known where Seyun was. So she right. out like super yeah. easily. And that's yeah. kind of how it works out. Like she gets warned and, yeah. yeah. And then it was able to avoid the, the mom's attack and, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so the story was say Se- Seyun should have uh never told young young Sook that she was gonna die. <laughs> so, right. Just but, keep it to yourself. Yeah, <laughs> but our protagonist is a very um okay, maybe not very, because I mean she is very, you know, mad at her mom and she's she's held on to that grudge. For a very long time because clearly she loved her father very very dearly and we see that at the grave we see that when her father comes back we see that in like the past when say Seyun was a little girl and her mom and dad are looking at the house for the first time and they're thinking of like buying it um mm-hmm. I just completely lost my original train of thought Yay. <laughs> Yay. Um, well, you were talking about whether um Seyun was like good, I think. Oh, or, yeah. I like mean, being she, honest, like she shouldn't have told her that she was gonna die. And then you were kind of like, well, you know. I mean, but clearly it wasn't in her character too, because you know, she was extremely grateful that young young so that she did anything at all um yep. she escaped her house from her extremely abusive stepmom aunt took a bus and you know did something to like you know be basically went like made made that like changed the past for her friend and you know, so she's, you know, so say, say Yun, it seemed like she just, you know, really wanted to repay the favor because she's like, hey, I care about like this girl. And I remember her from yeah. chat from my childhood, you mm-hmm. know, so. Yeah. So let's um let's talk about the little because uh, we had mentioned that the reason Seyun was mad at her mom was because she blamed her mom for her dad's death. Yeah, but the twist on that is that when Oh Young Suk went to save her dad, she saw that it was not her mom who left the stove on. That mm-hmm. Seyun, as a little girl, um, had gotten up. She'd been watching cartoons. Her dad was asleep. She got up and turned the oven on. 
turn the gas on mm-hmm. herself. And uh, that's what caused the fire. So yeah. she didn't even remember it like correctly and like blamed her mom when it it wasn't it wasn't her it wasn't her mom it was her I mean she was a kid so who can blame but it's like this whole thing of of you know presumption and you know knowing the truth you know um yeah why do you think that was put why what do you think I mean so 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 Mm-hmm. The thing had to have a purpose for being in there, right? Yeah. Making her mom, because they could have easily sat there and been like, yep, you know, the mom did this on accident. The dad died. So, you know, she's mad about it. It was 20 years ago, um, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. But why did they make it young saying like, what story purpose do you think that serves? Like it's, to have it be yeah. her, in fact, and her being mad at her mom for not, you know, a, a reason that's yeah. true for like not something that's true. I mean, clearly, her mom never like I. I'm not sure if her mom like knew that she didn't mess up. You know. Yeah, I mean, I guess that's the question, right? Like, yeah. did the mom know? And like, remember, like, no, I turned that off. Yeah. And just didn't want to tell her daughter so she wouldn't have that burden. Yeah. Or did she think that she did, in fact, leave it on before she left? Exactly. Because if if she knew that her daughter, like, was the cause of it, like, holy cow, that is a mother's love. Just keeping that inside and dealing with the hatred coming from your daughter for, like, all of those years yeah um you know and I think maybe the lesson that we are supposed to take away from that is you know we are human um and I mean yes it's very easy to blame somebody you know as being the cause of somebody else's death, especially somebody that, that you love, but clearly life is short, man. Like, yeah. you know, um, it was a long time. It was like 20 years. So yeah, you know, it was years. a long time to deal with that, but yeah, I, I think you're right. I think it's better. I think it's better of the two options, you know, yeah. like the mom didn't know, think she made a mistake. Yeah. And, you know, or she, or she did in fact do it. I like the idea that she knew and just didn't tell Sayun. Yeah. I think that that creates a more powerful message because she thought, because her, I think her whole thing, I'm processing this as we're sitting mm-hmm. here talking. Cause yeah. I think her whole thing was, she wanted her dad. She felt like her dad understood her. Her dad loved her mm. and stuff like that. And she was so caught up in that that she didn't realize that she had a parent right there who still loved her. Yeah. She was so focused on what she had lost when she was a kid that yeah. she, she didn't realize that she still had her mother who loved her, loved her enough to lie mm. 
and, and, and take on, you know, Satan's bitterness and stuff like that. So she wouldn't hate herself yeah, or, or feel guilty herself, you know, because she was a kid, you know? So I think when she finds that out, it's like, she realizes that her mom loved her the whole time, very, very deeply to do something like that. Yeah. You know, heartbreaking. Like, yeah so i think it does work better if if that's the, if that's the deal yeah that that the mom knew and just didn't say anything and so i think it does drive home that you know Seyun was so focused on like fixing the past and fixing what she thought went wrong and stuff like that she didn't realize that she had you know she had yeah. something there, you know, she had her mom still and, you know, they could have a relationship and still be a family and that, you know, too focused on the mm-hmm. past. And, uh, you know, whereas Onion Suk was too focused on the future and trying to like spend so much time, you know, yeah. trying to figure it out. But in the end it was, uh, you know, Sayun's uh, fear of the past that allowed Ayun Suk to like break free yeah. of the, the fates that she had in store for her and stuff. So I think, yeah, I mean, I think that's a bigger message. Like just processing it in my head right now that holding on to the past and focusing on that is is only gonna lead lead to pain, you know? Yeah. And you trying to change it, yeah. you know. You gotta find a way to like let the past go. I mean I'll let it go because when you deal with somebody's death like that, it never goes away. It just becomes a smaller thing that's easier to carry around with you. Sometimes you accidentally bump it and you remember that it's there and it hurts a little bit, but it's not as big of a burden unless you make it that right. Um, in the case of Young Young Suk, uh, that kind of trauma is really hard to just let go. <laughs> um, but it's it's interesting because they are two very different women, like literally from two two different times, two different up upbringings. But I think, and I don't know if I can articulate this very well, but it feels like to me they both were there like needing to learn the same lesson and they both kind of didn't learn that lesson Mm -hmm. yeah I don't I don't know if that makes any sense but if we're going yeah. yeah if we're going with the whole thing of like this is a cautionary tale you have I mean there's these like you know two women from two totally different worlds and yet they for their lives to be better they need to take away like the same philosophical message but they're not right as Mm -hmm. as you said one is too fixated on changing the past the other one is too fixated on changing her future Mm -hmm. which you you can't do without screwing stuff up (laughs) right right no from sci-fi but i mean she ended up like getting what she wanted according to the mid credits but it's like you know like yeah yeah, you know i I think that's why and that's why i think they chose to just like 
focus on the two women and we don't learn why this phone does what it does because that's not the point. No, you we, know, it was, we really, don't need to know. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's just a thing that happens. Yeah. And I think, you know, that's why that choice was made because it pulls, you know, if they kind of had to waste time kind of going into like how it works and all that stuff. Yeah. And you're losing the message of the movie. You're you're losing the themes and kind of what it's about, mm-hmm. you know, which is, you know, changing the past and forgiving yourself and forgiving others and, um, you know, appreciating what you have. And yeah, you know, so it would take away from that because it would have to take time away from the development of those themes to try to explain why this phone is doing what it's yeah. doing i mean no explanation is i feel like necessary because everything takes place in the same house it's like the mm-hmm. same phone too you know so you can just chalk it up to some mystical portal wormhole connection you know like whatever it just makes sense because oh it's happening in the same house mm-hmm. okay you know like frequency everything happens in the same house yeah, and there was a romantic romantic movie uh, with Keanu Reeves and Sandra Bullock. The Lake House. The Lake House. I'm like, not speed. <laughs> no, it was The Lake House where they lived yeah. in the same house, but like two years apart. Yeah. And they were writing letters to each other. God, I was so sad. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so... You know, it's, it's interesting using that, you know, you can use that idea in, in so many ways to talk about so many different things. And I appreciate, I mean, we all, we all have things. I mean, I have things that like, you know, I would be very tempted to go back and change if I could, you know, I think we all do, you know, absolutely. Yeah, you know, there's there's these just these things in your life, things you've done, things you've said, people you've been with, um, you know, um, that you would rather not have experienced. Yeah, you know. So so it's relatable in that sense, you know. It's picking something that that you know maybe maybe we all haven't had such a thing as like a parent die, mm-hmm. you know, at a young age. But we all can relate to it and sit there and and uh, empathize with Sayun and say, oh, yeah, you know, I get that. You know, there's things in my life that I would change if I could. Yeah. And so we can empathize with it, you know. And and then, you know, I mean, and, and even with Young um, Sook, you know, like, mm-hmm. hey, if I knew the future and I knew what was going to happen to me, you know, I'd want to know. Yeah. You know, like, wouldn't you ask, you know, you want to know, like, what happens to me and, and oh, how, yeah. how things end up and, you know, and does the knowing change things just, just by mm-hmm. knowing it, you know, I don't know, you know, it kind of creates does, all that, you know. Yeah. And it's also like, does the knowing make you like a better decision maker? Do you make the better decision? And I think that's another like takeaway from this film, like your personal relationship to the past, present and future, you know, like it feels 
also very much a, a personal lesson, you know, like even if you had this ability to do this, would you? Right. And I know for me, no, like, because I, I look at what happened when they changed the path. Right. <laughs> it just started this snowball effect, right? So there's this message of like, you two have each other and just leave it at that. <laughs> right. Right. So let's talk about, you know, um, you know, cause we're all, we're talking about kind of the premise and the themes and stuff like that. Mm. So the relationships here, like, um, you know, the main ones are between Seyun and her mom and between Seyun and Oyong Suk, mm. um, and, and stuff. So, I mean, what do you think of the, you know, what is, what is the relationship between Oyun Suk and Seyun? Do you think? Like, I how think would you describe it? Other than very dysfunctional. Um, <laughs> um, I feel like if they hadn't tried to change the past, I think they could have just been good friends until oh oh young so you know was murdered by by her aunt and mm-hmm. at least oh oh young so could have had some happiness a friend you know mm-hmm. until the end um mm-hmm. whereas now that they've gone back and changed the past and the future um oh oh young sook isn't she isn't better off now now that she's gone down this road and that say say yun told her what was gonna happen um Mm. so their lives are totally different now because they meddled with the space-time continuum but they're not necessarily better off it's just a different kind of shit storm yeah, I mean, they really kind of use each other. Yeah. Honestly. Yeah. They kind of use each other. They, you know, Oyun Suk uses Seyun to find out what's going to happen. And, you know, Seyun uses Oyun Suk to change the past. Mm-hmm. So they, so they use each other, you know, and when they, you know, once they realize how it could benefit them, it kind of just becomes this, you know, um, you know parasitic user kind of relationship for a little bit and Mm -hmm. i mean so how much responsibility do you think you know obviously oh yeah sucks a serial killer and you know kills people and that's not you know good but like how much responsibility does sayun have for what happened i mean she didn't do anything on purpose, but she is basically the reason why Yansuk is a serial killer. <laughs> oh, so. yeah, and why she's still around and why she gets out of like what was going to happen to her. So, yeah, I mean, I think there's some responsibility there. Yeah, like if she had been content, you know, with the way things were, you know, it, it might not have gotten that far. Yeah, say. Seyun could have just had a nice life with both her parents, just mm-hmm. excuse me, out in the countryside in this beautiful like brick mansion. 
mm-hmm. looks very American too. Like that's also something that was very, very striking, you mm-hmm. know? Um, yeah, she had everything, right? But because she's a good person, she was trying to help Young Sook and kind of inadvertently help created a serial killer. So you also have have to kind of think like, oh, was Young Sook's aunt like right about this? And she kept talking about like, you have seven deaths, you have seven deaths, like seven different futures. Right. And it's almost like she knew she knew what the future could hold for her niece. And that's why she wanted to kill her to prevent her from turning into a murderer. Right. I mean, she was a shaman, so we could theorize that she knew what was going to happen and why she got so mad at her niece for talking on the phone and things like that. They don't really like dive into it that much I don't you know at least I didn't get get that right. but you know but, we, um, but you know you end up feeling like you know maybe the aunt knew something yeah you know you know it, it obviously doesn't excuse what she did but now the situation is a lot worse yeah <laughs> now she, because yeah. now more more people are dying and as you know as as you mentioned earlier people are starting to disappear from the town oh hey guess who killed them in, in the past yeah. that's why they're not here mm-hmm. yeah. yeah yep so to save to save one person to bring say say dad back one life back resulted in how many deaths right you know so you gotta imagine that she's kind of carrying around like some some guilt there you know, like now these other people don't have their family member, but I have my dad back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a mind fuck. Yeah. Like- <laughs> right. Exactly. You know, yeah. was it worth it? Eh, you know, probably not. <laughs> probably not. Um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, looking at the grand scheme of things, all things are supposed to happen the way that they did, but there's always that emotional need to want to go back and change things that are different because your world is your world. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And we already kind of talked about Sayun and her mom, like not having a good relationship and her mom being sick. And, and we speculated as to, you know, why that was that, you know, Sayun blames her mom, but her mom was protecting her and stuff like that. So I think she has a very complicated relationship with her mom. You know, yeah. because she blames her mom for her dad's thing, but it's still her mom and her mom's sick. So she still wants to take care of her and stuff like that, you know, mm-hmm. but she feels like she's missing. So, the, so they're not connected to each other. Yeah. They're not communicating. They're not, you know, feeling for each other and what each other is going through. You know, they don't really have much of that connection there. They're like, they are, um, you know, estranged from yeah. each other in a lot of ways. Yeah. So I really think, I really think, I mean, it was, it was interesting. I mean, we've talked about kind of the theme of it and the, and the premise and, and the, and the kind of twist that they put on it and the acting and, and all of that. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, in the end, I, I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it. I mean, clearly 
we there's a lot of meat in this film so much philosophical stuff too um and again like like a lot of the things that you know that we've talked about in the past on this podcast you know there's a lot of stuff that makes us think like oh what is my personal relationship with the past and the future you know um Mm -hmm. if you're sitting there watching it going you know like yeah I would have totally have done the same thing to try to bring my dad dad back you know you gotta ask yourself like okay you know like why why is that something that you want you know are are you still grieving are you still in that um that you know process yeah I mean it really is uh that they haven't really processed their grief perhaps you know they haven't really yeah processed the situation and processed it so that's why they're kind of still hung up and estranged from each other like they could have supported each other they could have i mean that could have been a direction they went you know this tragedy happens and they support each other through it you know um and help each other and be there for each other and that's not what happened Mm-mm. you know and it's very uh it's very sad yeah it's uh, the easy road of yeah. hatred yeah um, bitterness you know bitterness, blame. yeah stubbornness you know and there's even though it's very different oh those same emotions a lot of it is in like you see it in the relationship between uh oh Oh, young silk and her and her aunt too. What a bitterness. There's this disconnect, you know, mm-hmm. there's, there's hatred, you know, for extremely different reasons. Um, but the two girls are as you, or the two, the two women, as you get further into the film, you start to see like, you guys have dealt with the same thing except not if that makes if that makes any sense like you've you've dealt with the same hardcore type of emotions mm-hmm. in very different ways um you're so, oh, oh i was just I, it made me think when you said that yeah like do you think that like part of it may be because Seyun has like this bitterness and, and, you know, it, it's cut herself off emotionally that maybe some of it is that she sees that she could have gone the way of Oyong Suk, you know, she could have just taken yeah. that to like a really, really dark place. And that if she doesn't wise up, that may be where she's headed to have, you know, all the, even if she doesn't become a serial killer, but like yeah. have all these regrets and have, yeah. You know, because she never dealt with it and just, you know, lashed yeah. out or kept it all inside and closed herself off and all that stuff. Yeah. And it's, and it's like when you kind of, when you choose to do that, um, usually there's very few emotions that actually break through. And those emotions that do break through, they're all like, extreme not very good emotions right so circling back to what you said about young young sook saying i have to kill to feel alive you know it's like this cathartic sort of release for her and it's not good it is obviously not healthy at all but when you 
go through that much trauma and you only experience like a certain, like very specific emotions for a long period of time, that kind of becomes your default setting. You know, it doesn't obviously turn everybody into a serial killer, but if we look at historically serial killers, especially women, like there's so much of that trauma. There's Mm -hmm. so much emotional trauma that, you know, if intervention, you know, if something or someone doesn't intervene, it's going to go in a worse direction. Yeah. Yeah. Um, for sure, you know, and, and perhaps Seyun feels a little bit the same way. Like maybe she doesn't feel like she's quite alive, you know, because she's yeah closed herself off and not really living life. So, you know, what we see is two, two versions of what trauma can do. Yeah. You know, two trauma, versions of loss, sadness. Yeah. Um, of what that can do and how you can handle it and, and all this stuff. So, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, any last, uh, any last thoughts? No, it fantastic film. I'm glad we watched it. I'm glad uh, we're talking about this and uh, yeah, everybody go watch it. It's on Netflix. It's on Netflix. Yeah. It's on Netflix. If you haven't watched this um, already prior to listening. Yeah. It's, you know, and it's also just nice to move away from American stuff. Indeed. <laughs> you yeah. know. And, and the call with uh, Haley Berry is on there, too. That's not the right one. <laughs> That's not the right one. No, you do not watch that one. Do not watch it. Skip right over it. You don't need to watch that film. Watch this, <laughs> yeah. this one. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, what about you? Any? any uh, no, I, I enjoyed it. It made me think about a lot. Um <laughs> husband said I was glad I didn't watch it with you that phone would have driven me right up the wall because he could kind of hear it in the other room because <laughs> the phone was ringing all the time in the movie oh, yeah. and he was like yeah that would have driven me up the wall and I was just like yeah you know yeah uh, but um but yeah you know they they it, it was good really really good and and a lot more uh, and a lot deeper uh than one might expect Mm-hmm. Um, as we as we come to expect from Korean horror movies, yeah, they're never exactly what they seem on the surface. No, and I'm sure there is a lot of other stuff that we're missing just because you know we don't know all the little nuances of South Korean yeah, culture, the culture, too. yeah. Like, um, I know with Squid Game, one of my friends, you know, who is South Korean, there was a lot of stuff in there that she was pointing out to myself and all of our other friends. That's like, this represents, you know, this and in South Korean culture, da, 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 da. And it's like, whoa, if you, you know, know that, like now knowing all that stuff, I can't like I watched, I watched Squid Game in a very different way now, now that I know those little, um, yeah. tidbits, yeah. 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 yeah, the knowledge that you have. Yeah. So yeah, there could be a bunch of stuff in there that we, uh, could be, could be missing, but if you've seen it, if you have an opinion, let us know. 
Uh, Joanna, you want to take us out of here and tell us what we're doing next time? And absolutely. So we are moving away from movie land and we're going back to book land. We will be discussing, uh, the novel Good Neighbors by Sarah Langan. Um, <laughs> this book came out, I want to say 2020 or 2021 last, last year. Um, it's really, really recent. Um, and I, for one, am particularly looking forward to this discussion because as Danny and I have already kind of discussed, we have two very different feelings on it. Um, <laughs> But however, because we focus on relationships in this podcast, oh man, is this book chuck full of relationships. Uh, It was Um, February 2nd, 2021. Actually, this is the one year anniversary of the book today when we're recording. Uh, You won't be listening it on February 2nd, but we're recording it on February 2nd. Yeah. Well, how about that? (laughs) Well, that is what we will be doing next time. Um, So if you want to tune in for that, please give us a follow on Twitter at the box underscore podcast. Um, I don't even think I'm going to mention Slasher anymore because we haven't been on in a while, but we are yeah. on there at tell us what's in the box, but we're much easier to get a hold of on Twitter. Um, you can find all of our episodes on Stitcher, Spotify, Apple podcasts, Google podcasts, Podbean, basically wherever you listen to podcasts. So until next time, y'all make sure to remember to shake the box before you open it. That's right, especially if it's <laughs> in a dusty basement. <laughs>